Welcome back, folks. Happy 2021. You're listening to the new Dirty Decibels podcast. My name is Jeff, and despite all that's been going on in the world, it's my absolute pleasure to be back with you. Working in Boston's vibrant arts and entertainment community throughout the years, I've been fortunate to meet and make connections with so many incredible and talented people. I've had the pleasure to connect with artists, writers, actors, comedians, dancers, filmmakers, and musicians from all over the world. These brilliant individuals have passed through the city, sharing messages of passion, activism, community, and love through their art. I'm excited to dive back into conversation with some of these amazing folks, help share their stories, and hopefully give us something all positive to listen to in this new year. I hope you'll stay tuned for what's to come on the new Dirty Decibels podcast. Just a quick reminder, uh, you can now find the video version of this podcast uh, on our YouTube channel, Dirty Decibels, and watch the live interview there as well. If that's your thing, please uh, like and subscribe. And I'm super stoked to bring you this chat. So without further ado, here is me chilling with Court. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dirty Decibels Podcast. Uh, my name is Jeff, and I'm your host. And today I'm hanging out with my good friend, Courtney Taglaferro. She is uh, coming to me live from New York City. And uh, Court is a, uh, an educator in the New York City area. And uh, she has also recently, uh, it's in August, I believe, right, that you started up this uh, kind of secondary social media presence as chill with court which is um a, a, an instagram account and a youtube channel uh that focuses a lot on like day-to-day life and mental health and mental health tips during the pandemic um and uh kind of just sort of like showing the very honest side of, of a person i feel like it's great to be hanging out with you and thanks for thanks for chatting today <laughs> thank you so much Jeff. i'm smiling so hard it's so hard to talk because i'm smiling so hard <laughs> this is gonna be so much fun i'm smiling too it's it's really great to hang out even though it's virtually it's sucks that it's not in person but it's been nice to catch up with people that i haven't uh gotten to see or talk to in a while I agree. I do the same thing with my sisters where sometimes we plan to do a game like we'll do. Oh, we'll do Zoom and we'll play games. And then we just end up laughing for an hour or two. We don't even get to the game. Um, We did like this thing where we uploaded old photos and we just went through the photos just to laugh at them while someone shared their screen. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's just like finding those little ways to still connect and hang out with people. Um, And yeah, it's like just one of those things like I've learned to appreciate appreciate it so i can't wait to do it again because it's i'll i'll never let go i'll never let you go after (laughs) i see you in person (laughs) i know i think we're all gonna be hanging on to each other a lot longer like we're gonna have a lot harder time saying goodbye to anybody once this is all over and we can like get together in person like normal again so uh I'm, I'm really anxious to talk to you a little bit about now you work in the New York City area as, a, as an educator. 
um, yeah. teaching English, right? Um, I do have two English classes. So a little weird because of the pandemic. So I'm licensed to teach Spanish. Um, but be, due to the pandemic and due to um, what students need in order to graduate, uh, this year I'm teaching Spanish, Latin American affairs, which I, I teach in English. So it's a culture class, like, but focusing on a lot of the English standards of can you define things? Can you get the context and putting it into like a, your English skills into a different um, context? And as of this year, I teach earth science, um, which I don't know why I'm teaching earth science. Sometimes I feel so bad because it's like, okay, kids, we're, we're, we're learning earth science together. You can only ask about this chapter. This is the chapter I studied last night. Do not ask any questions outside of this chapter because I won't know. So is that like, is that like, like geology and stuff like that or yeah so right now uh G so earth science too we're learning about the insides of the earth and i think on friday i decided to go uh for extra credit you could watch journey to the center of the earth as a movie <laughs> like oh, for, nice. extra, for extra credit um but yeah uh just to because I do know some things and that's like a thing as a teacher you realize that you remember some things from school and you have the the skills to okay these are the important parts this is how I can break it down and summarize it and this is how I can prove that you know what you need to know um so do I know everything about earth science no um I'm not the geologist I'm not someone you should ask me about your everyday earth science questions but do I know that uh, the earth is round. Yeah. I know that the earth is made up of many of different layers, the different yeah. layers, right? Yeah. Different layers. Yeah. I know that volcanoes erupt and it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so if you know some things, um, then it does help. And I think also a nice thing, at least for, as my students know that I'm not an earth science teacher, that I was put in this situation that, um, I'm able to explain it in more broad terms in terms of like, for example, Spanish, I'm a language nerd. So I'm talking about syntax. I'm talking about all these things that really normal people um, who are not into that thing, they wouldn't know and they wouldn't be interested in it. Um, so as someone who is not an earth scientist, I could go, okay, this is the general concept. This is what you need to know. If, you, you're, if you're really into it, you can go study it in in depth on the internet you could do that in college yeah um, like you said you're you're almost like learning it right alongside them so you're coming exactly. at it from their perspective are yeah, you um are you has the um in addition to like having to teach extra subjects how has the pandemic been affecting you in your area like learning wise are you doing it all remotely or hybrid or both or what's that changed up. So last semester, we I was a hybrid teacher. Um, and so and, and, and that changed so much. You could go on for days saying how people said, oh, you're hybrid. Oh, and then some schools didn't do that. They wanted to change that up. Different groups were changing up. And then they didn't like how that was. So you know what I mean? That just it, That's how it seems in this pandemic is, oh, this is how it is. But it could change a week from now two so weeks from now you've done everything basically so far since the pandemic started you've you've yes. taught in person and at home and a combination of both yes and so and now we're fully remote for our school um which 
uh, uh, I don't know. It's like one of those <laughs> things. Like some some days it's hard, uh, and other times it doesn't feel hard. And it's yeah. it's the roller coaster. I've noticed for the pandemic, everyone's on this roller coaster of sometimes you have a really good day, and then sometimes it's just it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say coming on the Zoom call today wasn't was uh, like just run of the mill for you. I'm sure at this point, are you are you generally interacting like is it over Zoom or like something similar where you're you're one to many, but they can ask you questions or they can talk back to you over it or? Yes, yeah, so I do. I use Google Meets uh, just because that's another thing. Uh, depending on what school you teach in the area. So I teach at a transfer school. So some of the students don't have the technology or even the technology background and literacy. Like uh, that's what we try to call it. It's like it is, it's tech literacy. Can you right. come on and do, can you know how it works and get into that context? And some students don't. So um, it's a lot of creating a lot of entry points. So I do do the Zoom call. Like I do a live thing on the Google Classroom. I do Google Meets. Um, and that's just because the link is there. So kids don't have to save the link and then go find it. It's in their emails. Um, right. So I, I just leave it as a Google Meet. Um, but then some and they can students, always go to the same place. Yes, exactly. They can go to the same place or even like parent teacher conference. That's a big thing of just like even connecting to someone's parent is very different. So right. rather than come to this new link, it's like, okay, your student knows how to go to this link every single day. Just like whatever my student's name is like, I'm just thinking of my student, Jaden. I'm like, Jaden, take, put your mom in the, in the classroom. And he's like, oh, okay, I know how to do that. Cause that's what we did um, yeah. last semester is like parents are like, what do I click? Everyone has a different one. And it's like, just go to the same one that we go to every day and just help your parent out and I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. You have to keep it as simple as possible. Those are the, these are the things that you don't even really think about. Like uh, every time I've talked to one of my friends, who's like a teacher, um, it's just like, it's so much that you guys have to, that you guys have to deal with it, that people don't even think, or I feel like give educators enough credit for, um, because it's not just, it's not just like redesigning your whole curriculum to teach remotely. Right. Like in a, in a way, you not, I guess maybe not, you don't have to redesign all of it, but like to, to just like rethink everything in a way that you can present it remotely and then deal with people on a, on a case by case, you know, when they have questions and stuff. But, but it's like all those little things like that. Like, it's like, what about their parents that maybe are older generations that don't aren't super savvy on like the computer and using, you know, Zoom or FaceTime or whatever um, and like relaying information to them. And then like what happens when there's a language barrier or there's like maybe English because I because you uh, I'm uh, believe have worked with a lot of students that whose first language is in English. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> So that's actually that, the know. hard that's really hard um i have a few students that they came recently from bangladesh and if they're not able to make it to the google meet for whatever reason it's really hard for them to read something and understand without me or without uh yeah without like a uh, interaction happening so they can't really watch a video they can't really read it and read the instructions and understand what to do um, so even then that is, uh, is really hard for them and frustrating because it could be a very simple activity, but they can shut down because it's like, I just got on now I'm frustrated. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what these words are. And they can be totally turned off within five, 10 minutes. And then, right. and then that's it. You lost them. Yeah. It's an, it's just an, been 
such an unbelievably challenging year for educators. I, I have to imagine, and I have to give you mm-hmm. so much credit for that. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, it, it's, it's been hard, but um, it, and like, like we've said, like, even just like appreciating um, family and friends and being able to spend time with them. It's one of those things, like when I see my students come on, it's like, I appreciate them just to even try to come on. Um, and I, I miss seeing them in person, or I wish we could do something in person, because it's just that element. It's the human element that you can't get anywhere else, that right. it sucks to not be able to give, and it sucks that they can't have it, when I can't even imagine that, like in high school, like uh, something that like a student that recently graduated, that, oh, it broke my heart so bad. He just said, miss, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm graduating. And I thought about that time I was graduating. I just thought, oh, I'm going to go to this program. I'm going to do this. I had all these dreams of what I'm going to do when I graduate high school. I'm blowing this popsicle stand. And <laughs> to think like as a high school student, you go, I'm just going to be at the my world, house. The world's on pause. It's like everything that they normally would have in front of them is just on hold. Yeah. And it's yeah. like to, to have no ideas and it's miss. I, I don't know if I can even sign up for that or I signed up for something and now they're not really doing that anymore. So I was looking forward to that. And um, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's like people kind of, oh, you don't give credit in terms of like, uh, even for a student, sometimes like giving credits to my students or like how they persevere through that. I don't know how I would persevere if in high school, it was just like, I'm going for this. And what if that was just, oh no, that's not happening. And it's like, okay, well, um, what are my options? And then to not have those options, I think is really defeating. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't imagine what it would have been like to be a high school senior or a college senior or, or, you know, any really any year in school, like during this time, um, just because like all the things that are normally in front of you that you think you can go out into the world and do like they, they can't really do right now, which it's hard enough to be somebody who like, yeah, I'm coming at it from the perspective of like, I spent 10 years building a career (laughs) that was ripped, ripped out from under me. Like the rug was pulled out from under me, you know, and like, that's bad enough, but at least you, you know, are already accustomed to being like a working adult and you can kind of like, you know, um, I guess, I don't know what the right word is, but you can, you can kind of like flounder your way through to, to try to survive. But when like, you haven't even started yet and now there's like, not even that jumping off point, you know what I mean? Or like, I've seen posts for like, uh, internships and the internships are remote and it's like, that's gotta be so hard to do a, to do a remote internship, like, cause you don't have the benefit of getting to know people as well, or like chatting with them, talking with them, networking with them, which would hopefully lead to you getting hired somewhere, or at the very least getting like a reference or a recommendation to go to the next, go on to the next job, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. It's a few of my friends have said the same thing. It's that I've spent this long, like trying to hone in on a certain part of my craft or a certain craft and to think that that craft is, is, yeah, it's like, how, how does that even work anymore in terms of like sound engineering? Like you have a beautiful setup. I can see your setup and it's just like, <laughs> this is your 10 years. It's this beautiful setup, it's but not I know as beautiful as it looks. 
(laughs) (laughs) And it's, but it's like one of those, you have that knowledge and it's really hard to do. I like, um, anytime that I've actually like, as someone like I've, who's played shows and acoustic shows, every time I don't want to do it anymore is I get to this point where people say, Oh, do you have anything recorded? And I say, no, girl. Oh, well you have to get on that. And it's so hard that it's always stopped me from like recording because I get there and I go, okay, well I'll try to do this myself or I'll try to learn how to do it. And I can't even get to the first step. And I'm like, okay, I I give up. I give up. I'm I'm over this. I'll just, I'll just play in my basement. (laughs) I I feel like you, I feel like you might have another human that you share a dwelling with that could help you out with some of that though. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. So when did, I feel like we tried to do something I, I guess also like I've noticed recording to it's something for my like in terms of my own um creativity I noticed that it's easy for me to get embarrassed um about my creativity so oh, sometimes totally. it, yeah oh my gosh I'm, I'm the like, same way yeah yeah so I'm like Joe can 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 you help me record something okay well what do you want I don't know I just want to do a little bit of guitar and I just want to sing a song or something <laughs> like that and it's so hard for me to like break that or like um we I think once we tried to re- like record a song and I'm listening back and I think like automatically like we're commenting on it and trying to fix it and uh, it's hard it's so hard to do yeah and so then like I remember it was just like so frustrating it was just so frustrating because it was I, I didn't know how to say what I wanted and then Joe's saying um like Courtney you have to be more specific I was like I don't know how to be more sick I don't know what I'm doing and then it's just like oh now it's not then now I don't want to do it anymore um but it's something that we always say is just we have to get over the fact that is it something hard to do? And probably if I learned a little bit, it would be easier for me to communicate what I'm thinking of, but I, I truly don't know. And I'm also not a very, uh, Joe, Joe knows I'm a very end user person. I just, I, I click the buttons and I'm like, all right, how does the buttons work? And if it works, then I'm okay with it. I'm not very good with, okay, this is how these specific functions work and things like that. We're, we're referencing Courtney's husband, just oh, for yeah, anybody Joe. that might be listening, <laughs> uh, who, who works as a, uh, a, a software engineer, right? And, a, and a, uh, he's, he's also a bit of a, an audio guy, uh, like myself, recording engineer. Um, <clears throat> but you have a history as an artist as well, as an educator. Uh, I feel like I'd be correct in saying yes that's it's one of those things that I guess it's yes I feel like always again it's like one of those things where you're like I guess I'm a creator like I well guess not just I'm music but artist. also visual art and and dance which has been a part of fairly big part of your social media presence I feel like oh yeah I started doing that with my sister um I just I think I, I've always danced um so and it was just something I did when I was younger how old and were you now, when you started dancing? Uh, I can't remember. I had to be around five or six, but it was one of those things where my dad said, oh, she's going to play soccer and she's going to do sports. But my mom said, oh, that's not beautiful. That's not girly. So then I did both. Um, <laughs> and so I always, I grew up doing both. And uh, now it's just one of those things that my sister, of course, on TikTok, I noticed that she was doing, we were at my grandma's house and she was doing the renegade dance. Um, for TikTok. And 
we were, it's just my grandma's house. So there's not like a TV, there's nothing to do. So we learned, I learned how to do this dance from her. Um, And then it was just something fun to do. It's fun to learn. Um, And it just is what it is. And even now, like just to have something fun and the arts are so important. It's just like one of those things where it's enjoyable. You see the skill in it. It's not easy to do. Um, And then now they have so many, so many of them. Dancers are going crazy with the new, uh, What's, what do you call like short video platforms that everyone's trying to come up with? Dancers are taking over those platforms. Right. Well, they're kind of like ripe for that, that art medium. I feel like, you know, um, mm-hmm. the short form like TikTok videos are pretty, they lend themselves to dance like pretty well, um, which has yeah. been an interesting thing to see. I'm not personally a TikTok user, um, mm-hmm. but a lot of what gets posted on TikTok obviously gets sort of internet syndicated into uh instagram and everywhere else yeah there's so Uh, many like the one that i use is yeah the one that i use is dub smash that's the one that uh joe my husband he develops for he he develops for dub smash right um so again it's the short video um dancing is very popular on the platform there's always new challenges new this um or even like i've noticed you can do the same dance over and over again and people look at, oh, you could see how much better you got than the first time you did it. Right. Um, which is always actually really true. I find that really odd. Um, like there's this, the Sean Paul one. When I first learned how to do it, if I do it now, I can see how, oh, just from practice or just muscle memory, it is way better than when I first did it. Um, and it's the same silly little moves that you do in 15 minutes. And um it's also nice to see, actually, I was t- uh, talking to another teacher about this as like the next generation comes. Um, it's not to say like the last generation is not as smart or not as good, but they always say that the next generation, because of the knowledge that we've created, they're just a little bit more ahead than we were. And something that I've noticed for, the ki- uh, for kids now is they have these snippets of these songs. And a lot of them are songs that we grew up with or songs that you remember hearing, like Sean Paul, uh, Temperature. And I remember my sister was learning the dance and we were driving somewhere. So I put on the song thinking that she knew the song and she liked it because of I keep hearing her play it. And she had no idea until it finally got to the part. She only that, knew like one, one yeah, clip that, of it. Yeah, exactly. Those 10 seconds. The chorus or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's like whatever the whatever the beat drop or the dance move is. She only knew those 10 seconds. She just went, oh, that song. And it just kind of felt like, whoa, respect, Sean Paul. Like, what do you mean you don't know the full song? You know the 10 seconds? And, well, <laughs> it, and it was like one of those things, though. But she and I remember when I ever say that to my students, they go, I mean, do I need to know the full thing? And, it, and it's become like more like I've noticed is people... Where's the full album? It's like, no, I have these songs. Um, and rather than you can appreciate the full album or you have the short video, you don't have to see all the other bits and pieces of the information. And I find it interesting how fast my sister is at looking at something. She can look at a whole picture and go, that one. I was like, wait, how did, did you look at all the pictures? She's like, I don't need to look at all the pictures. I know it's that one. Um, we were doing an escape room and she was able to do that. I was like, what the heck? What the heck? Maybe maybe you're onto something. How how much how much younger than you is your sister? 
Uh, she is about 10 years younger than me. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. So like, yeah, big, pretty big. Yeah, so it's so interesting to see the things that she is like naturally like generation is a different generation, like totally. Yeah, yeah. So it's so funny to see how naturally good at certain things are uh, at certain things she is, and um, and thinking of like how she grew up a little bit differently than I did, even though yeah, we have the same um, parents and same sisters and everything like that, but she is able to filter through information a lot faster than I am. Um, and it's like one of those things I try to learn from my students, because even they do when they see a full document, that's the first thing they go. They're like, what's the important stuff? And if, if you highlight it, they kind of just go boom, 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 boom. All right, cool. That's like, wait, how did you like, how did you do that? How did they, how did they, uh, like, if they're going to do one of those dances on TikTok, how do they find the song? to begin with is there like a is there something where like they click on that says like learn a dance to any of these songs and it gives them those little clips like where do they find it in the first place how do they how do they find the song in the first place so i think yeah um i think Mm -hmm. like for both because like now i I started looking at real and it's it's the same song so like across all three platforms you see uh different songs but there is definitely a different community of how they take it. So for example, TikTok is known to steal a lot of the dances from the creators of Dub Smash. Um, and so like they have that whole thing. And so Dub Smash, um, what you call it? Yeah, because I'm not, a, I don't, I don't use a TikTok. Uh, and will, I they, see, I s- will they see someone's like, so will they just see the dance because someone else did it first and then they'll do it? They make it up. So, for example, there's this like holy. Uh, the song is like holy moly donut shop, and then you have like the holy the whole song or whatever. And so it's kind of like, oh, this is like a new dance that I made. Um, and if it picks up, then other people try to recreate it. And it is. It's like this special in between of. It's hard enough that okay that you wanna keep going because you have to try to get it. But it's easy enough when you see it where you're like, I should be able to do this, right? So like even the holy moly donut shop, can I remember it? I can't even, I don't even remember. I would have to, <laughs> oh, it's like holy, holy moly donut shop, holy moly donut shop, like whole, the, like there's this whole like little movement thing. <laughs> and it's not that hard, but it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, wait, what are you doing first? Okay. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. Like I did it too. And so it's like this in-between of the dance just has to be just easy enough when I see it to, like I've noticed, it's like just easy to go, okay, I, I could do that too. Um, and then it's just enough to keep me hanging on kind of. And then you yeah. get the dance and then it becomes a thing. So I've noticed some dances don't pick up like if it's too hard. It's sort of one of those things that like snowballs. I was I was just curious where they got where they got it from because you were saying like, people like your sister will only know that only be familiar with that, like 15 seconds of the song or whatever. And it reminds me of the thing we used to have when we were kids called hit clips. Like, I don't know if you remember those, but it was like, uh, you could get them in like a McDonald's happy meal. Sometimes like you could get one or whatever. Oh, and, yeah. then, like, and it was just, a, it was all it was, was like a little memory card, like a little memory. Chip yeah. That I had in sync. Yeah. And it was all pop songs. It was all like in sync and backstreet boys and, Britney Spears, like all the, all the pop that was popular in the late nineties and early two thousands. Um, 
and that used to only be about 30, 30, well, no, maybe, maybe like 60 seconds of a song. It was like one minute of a song or, or, or two minutes of a, of a three minute song or whatever. And it used to just like kind of fade in and play like the main middle part of the song. And then it would like fade out. And it wasn't I do the whole remember thing. those. So yeah, it's like, like you try to collect the memory. That's just card. what I remember. That's just what it reminded me of. Um, because mm-hmm. I feel like it's just it's a new visual medium like that where it's only it's only just like 15 seconds of a song that you make up a dance to, you know. Um yeah. and it's weird how it's gone from like a fad collector's item kind of thing that you would get in a happy meal to uh a what you're collecting now is the likes, right? Like you're collecting, Mm -hmm. you're collecting the, 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 the social, uh, uh, the social chain reaction, like the, the social dominoes you're, you're you're collecting like how far your influence on it is going. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a strange, (laughs) it's a strange, (laughs) strange new world for, I feel, I sometimes feel like I'm so much older of a, I'm so much more of an old curmudgeon than I should be. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm actually a Gen Xer in a late millennials body. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm technically a millennial. I'm on the old end of millennial, but I, uh, I, I feel like I grew up kind of like riding the coattails of generation X. Like I, mm-hmm. I was hanging on to my, all my older cousins and, and, uh, people who I knew that were like babysitters, people that were like older than me when I was a kid growing up that I like admired and looked up to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like my whole basis for like my upbringing on music and culture, pop culture, TV and, and stuff like that is, was, I feel like I learned everything from Gen X. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm much more of a like kids today like I feel a lot more disconnected from things than I should (laughs) I notice that whenever I feel that way because I I think I think it's just it's part of growing older and I think it's really natural to do so I notice like as an educator as someone um, who is interacting with these younger younger kids they're and you know young adults almost and every time I go oh these dang kids what about these dang kids? And I'm like, what are they doing? What are they doing? Let me take a look. And like, kind of, uh, that sounds really weird, but it's why I like teaching. I like to see how, um, I personally think that the development of somebody is very interesting. So anytime I go like, oh, these dang kids, I'm like, how do, how do these dang kids work? Oh, I gotta, I gotta see what are they messing with? They're messing with this TikTok. What is, what is this emoji? And then um, and seeing even how my mom interacts with it too. Uh, for example, she just recently discovered what binge watching is and she thought it was so weird. And it's like the same thing in the opposite direction. When you go older, like you, you compare like yourself to like Gen Z or whatever the, like, you know, the youngest of kids, our generation is now. Um, and then like, it's the opposite trying to compare yourself to like the baby boomer generation. Like it goes, it goes exactly opposite in both directions. Yeah. So it's like, and it's like trying to find out like, uh, like my, I try to use this phrase, but it's a common educator phrase is like the toolbox. And it's kind of, I mean, so Gen Z, they got a toolbox. They got some tools there that they look like it works. It looks fun. I want to see. And then I think that our generation has some tools as well as like our parents. And so it's kind of, um, the, it's the combination of tools, like what you can put together in your Swiss army knife. So some things that um, 
I think like baby boomers, like my parents, uh, what they value, I'm kind of, I think, well, why did you value that? When, what really, what really is the value of it? Um, Okay. And I value certain things. What really is the value? And I think even for the next generation, Gen Z, they have some things that are coming of value too. And so it's like, everybody has discovered something. We just have to figure out what it is and when is the appropriate time to use it. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. I, that, I think that's what comes down to so much of the disagreements between generations. And you get a lot of the like sort of blame slinging on different generations for different things. But it's like it's uh, it's just it's a really interesting from a anthropological standpoint, I suppose. And I feel that's like so you as an educator have a have a, a window into it probably that most people don't you know uh it's I think even like when I I do that too or say I might not have um some a lot in common with somebody but uh it's the same thing like I I, I'm a human like I value things I need certain things and and that's what I mean like when my students said that I was like what what do I remember thinking at 18 years old uh like how like to graduate high school and it's I think always remembering that you had the those same kind of feelings and I think that's like something that I've noticed um when you speak to uh people that are younger on a like a regular basis you kind of realize that they have like yes things have changed so much but there are so many things that remain the same um such as a lot of things for the high school students is oh miss why is this important I just want to work like, right, I, I'm ready for like, I'm ready for money. Well, like when you make money, that makes you more grown up. Um, and so a lot of kids value, are looking for that. Um, or even uh, right now for my sister, she, who's, she's been running her art page. And she's, oh, well, I'm trying to see how does this translate to going to college? Can I do this on the side and maybe do like what, what's the nine to five version of what I like to do. So she likes to draw. So she's like the nine to five version that I can go to college for is like architecture or something like that. Um, so she, and she's worried about that. It's like, how, like, will I make it? Will I be successful? And I, I remember those things of when I was a kid of, am I going to be successful? Am I going to make my parents proud? Do I, am I going to rebel against them? Am I, am I mad at them for what, whatever, whoever, like, so it's like those feelings are still very the same. Um, and so it's a lot of, I think, rem- I, the word is not like becoming an empty, I think the word is like an empty vessel. Like if I were to transcend through time and space and yeah, sure. Like did I, I like was born in 93. So pretty, I'm like a two thousands baby kind of like, that's where I remember like my most of my memories are from the two thousands time period. And if I were to take myself out of like what I thought was cool or what did I see a lot of? And I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm just me. I have these, I'm a human. I have these feelings. Um, and rather than put my opinions on a student that is uh, maybe hmm, has like, Oh, is on their phone way too much. And rather than going, Oh, it's because they're Gen Z because they're this, because they're that. It's rather, it's like, why was I distracted at school 
or hiding my phone. I've done that too, where I I hid my iPod, especially like girls with long hair, you just put it behind your hoodie (laughs) and just make sure your hair is covering. And it's like, I remember doing that in high school. So kids are doing the same thing that I did. And it's just that same, oh, well, I don't want to be here. I want to do something else. And it's the motivation the is the thing. same. The feelings are the yeah. same. The way it manifests is just different because of whatever is available to that generation technology-wise or like whatever's going on in their lives. But the the core, the core feelings are definitely always still gonna be there. Yeah. Um, but like we were saying earlier, I feel like the pandemic. I I just I don't know. I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be that age dealing with this, you know. Um, so I guess you have to give them a lot of credit too for, <laughs> yeah, it's I, like, that's what I mean. I don't even have. know how to be, I don't even know how to be a grown up in the pandemic. Yeah, so yeah. how I don't like, and yeah, being a, a kid and, and even now, like uh, not to, to get so much into like, in terms of like politics and other things that are going around, around this pandemic. Now, a lot of students are in this they have to grow up so fast and so or even then like sometimes it's hard to grow like in my latin american affairs class we talk a lot about decolonization and the fact that colonization is a thing how does that affect you how does that affect uh these regions and there are some kids that that they go i don't want to talk about this and it, it's and it's one of those things where it is it's, it's hard to swallow that pill that that's what happened or even like a 2000s kid like like you said like oh who were the popular people and like growing up the popular person wasn't um a short like brown girl with brown hair and brown eyes and like yellow skin and I remember I wanted to be Britney Spears and I remember my mom was like you can't be blonde because you're yellow you can't be yellow and yellow (laughs) I was like it's like what do you mean and it's like like and how much that influenced me where I remember oh my gosh I wanted I wish I was blonde and blonde hair and blue eyed so bad when I was when I was younger and I didn't realize how that like affected me or what in what I saw or what I thought was cool or what I wanted to be um and so to see kids kind of and you know what I mean? Br- wanting to be Britney Spears is way different than all of a sudden there's all these Black Lives Matter protests. And you have this feeling of like, a, I think like what a lot of students are saying is like, wh- well, where do I, I where do I, I fit now in the puzzle? Um, and, and that's part of the pandemic is everything's on hold. Yeah. I see all this going on and I don't know, like, how do I fit in that's not outside of this house? And even then, what if I'm not in a good home environment or like I don't have supportive people around me I feel like the pandemic's like stripped away a lot of what would be in it's allowed us all to kind of have to face those things a little bit more like have to face uh how our own history is written in our country how just how long and how uh ingrained like issues of systemic racism have been you know it's i feel like the the pandemic putting things on hold has forced us to confront a lot of our own demons in that in that sense and um but i also think it's a good thing in a way right like you you said like to 
what what was popular when we were younger and when we were in kids is shifting probably now to other things. I think I've seen it show up in some recent films in the form of humor, in the form of comedy, um, where uh, like people who are our age who are starting to become parents or whatever, or maybe a little bit older than than us in the in the movies, uh, are realizing that their kids are like idolizing, you know, environmentalism and being, you know, vegetarian and like not eating meat or like having, uh, you know, being sensitive, talking about your feelings and things like that. When like 20 years ago, they were idolizing, you know, being a football player and, uh, you know, not that there's anything wrong with, with like sports, but, but that there is a, there's been a shift uh, like a huge shift in the way that people's social identities line up. And I think that ultimately that will be a good thing. It should be a good thing. Um, and it showed up in like some funny ways, like in humor and films and stuff like that. And people really like, you know, kids that what used to be popular isn't popular anymore, but in real life, in reality, what used to be popular, not being popular anymore is, a good thing i think it's a positive thing in a lot of ways yeah um and that's what i mean it's a po- i think it's um like the word idolizing and it has to be this way and it's like holding it to this one standard and i think that's what is so wonderful about like uh about that shift is because you can see a lot of positive things in in all different identities and even uh, something because uh, I just made a video for uh, a channel that I'm actually making with a friend that I met through Chill with Court on Instagram, and uh, she just happens to be someone who works on OnlyFans. And even then, like, um, so as someone who grew up in a certain culture, a certain household, as someone who does OnlyFans, like for me. I think when I first knew that she did it, I went, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm friends with someone who does OnlyFans and uh, like, and is open with it. And she uh, sells pictures of like, of like sex pictures, or I don't know what you call sex nudie pictures. Like I'm trying to feel like I want, like, I don't want the wrong word for it, but yeah. she does. And she's open about it. And even then um, it was something that like, in my head, I was like, if I did that, I, I knew that my mom would not be happy with me and, and almost like turning away from it. And then I like got into looking at, well, like what is, what it goes into even like sex work and safe sex work and what are these people dealing with? And it was kind of weird to kind of see that shift of, oh my gosh, that's a bad thing to do whatever the case is, whatever my mom told me, like, God will smite you or you'll never get a good job or no one will, whatever oh, the bad, like, stereo, you know what I mean? But the, yeah. like, the bad stereotypes There was a that stigma, someone, yeah, about it. Yeah, like, the yeah. stigma, like, of all the, like, bad things my mom would say, like, oh, if you ever end up like that, like, then I won't love you or I won't accept you. And it's, like, shifting to seeing this person that is now my friend and she's wonderful we're even like the channel that we're creating has nothing to do with that she's like oh like this is like a new dream that I have um and she said and that's what I mean she's doing it uh she's happy she's happy to do it it's something that 
pays her her bills and she has other aspirations way outside of that one platform. Um, and so basically, uh, but in the video, to circle back, uh, it's kind of like this idea of being limitless. So we do say like, okay, um, like I identify as a woman, but, and it's like one of those things, like I can shift, it's like, oh, but if I don't, would that make me any different? Um, would that change who I am? And things like that. And so it's like, okay, being a woman is a part of me, but there's more aspects to it. So I don't have to put so much, oh, you have to be a woman. This is what it is. This is what a good woman does. And I think that's why it's like this identity that you're trying to go, you're trying to squeeze so much into a box rather than it should just be, I identify as a woman. That's not a big, it's not a big deal here or there. Um, but then you have these certain like stigmas of other of people and other identities that are trying to like break out of that mold. Like for, for example, like, um, like sex workers, I don't know why that's like something I find uh, really interesting. And I think it's just culturally, like in the Philippines, that's like one of those things. Um, and I think as a woman, it's one of those things that people don't want to know that you do, but if you did, like it wouldn't be a bad thing. It's like pe- basically, it's like people want women to be sexy and beautiful and and show. Well, there's a those double parts. standard for sure. Yeah, yeah, but then all of a sudden, if you go, okay, well, I do do that and I make money off of it. Oh, now you're this, you're that, and yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's that double standard. So you it was kind of like, yeah. So it's like I think growing up with that heavily. Um, I think from my mom, who's from the Philippines, uh, it was always something that like was always in the back of my head was oh my gosh, I better not get pregnant early because then my mom will think this about me. Um, if I if I even tell her that I'm sexually active, she's going to think this about me. If I tell her how many parts, she's going to think I'm bad and like she's not going to love me or whatever the case is. Right. So it's like I think um, that's what, why it's just popping up in my head. But there are so many other um, stigmas to other identities. Of- Growing up with uh, an Italian mother was very, very much, very, sim- <laughs> very similar. As I'm sure J- Joe could probably attest to you as well. But um, yeah, I, I fully understand that type of generational judgment. Um, but uh, I, I would love to talk a little bit about your uh, your project with. So you started the sort of chill, chill with court channel uh, Instagram account in August, right? If I'm correct. I don't even know because I kept it a secret. So I think I start, I, so basically I think I started a few months. I think I started in the summer, like June, July ish. And it was just like a secret. And then I don't know why I came to this realization that I was just having more fun being doing that. And I also didn't want to subject other people. Like if you didn't want to see me be silly on the internet in like this persona, you don't have to. But then it got me like, okay, like, I'll say it. Like, if you want to, you want to, but you don't have to. Like, I don't, uh, you know what I mean? If you don't like it and you're my friend, you don't have to like it. It's fine. I, I, I totally understand. Um, but yeah, it was like in August, I think I ca- came to that realization where I was like, you know what? I should just put it on my regular Instagram. And if people want to come along, they can come along if they want. Um, and that's where I've been ever since. And you did you start it with like any specific goals in mind? Or was it sort of like... Uh just sort of like a, a, a creative outlet that was different from what you'd posted before. I think actually, and my friend um, just messaged me about it the other day because she found it and she went, what is this? And <laughs> I said, um, it's me. And I was like, I'm just being silly on the internet. And she said, well, what, how is that different than you? 
And I said, it's not, um, but not everyone. I think when it comes, it was a creative outlet in terms of um, my Instagram that was like just underneath my name and just like a open one in terms of like, I guess, I don't know what you call that, like a regular personal account, but it had like high school friends. It had people that I met through my master's program. It had people that I've met um, doing other things. And then it kind of just felt like this weird version of myself where I had to be the the Courtney that my master's program saw me and it had to be the Courtney that my high school friends saw me and then my family and then like my friends that I've made through music or my friends that I've made through Joe and then it was like this weird pressure that I was just like I kind of don't know like who's the Courtney I want to be or like I feel proud of um and then and then this chill with court was kind of like I think I was a little I had a little bit of Instagram, YouTube jealousy, where it's like, I just saw these people. And I think it was like, I was just in my master's uh, and in my the program that I'm currently in. And it was just so, it just felt like it was so hard. And um, I think I just saw all these Instagram and YouTube people. And I was kind of like, wow, their lives are, are so much more awesome than <laughs> my life. And it was that this realization where um, I knew it wasn't real. And that's what I mean, though. It's like, I knew it wasn't real, but I was, I kept running away to like these silly videos of. So it's kind of like little snippets of your day, right? Like it's uh, sort of like these little intimate moments uh, where you are talking about how you're feeling or talking, giving advice or like, um, ranting about something I feel like it's just it's just offering that like kind of human sort of like off to the side version of of yourself that we all have and yeah like you exactly. were saying before we don't really show on social media because we're trying mm-hmm. to be like an image of ourselves that other people are consuming like uh something you know who your family thinks you are who your your friends think you are whatever and so like, I just think it's really, I think it's really cool of you to, to actually do that, but not to hide it, to be like, this is, this is actually the most, I feel like it's kind of the most authentic self, you know, sense of self in that regard. Oh, thank you. But yeah, it's like, it was one is this, like, I was kind of like, uh, like jealous. And I knew that this wasn't their real life, but it's like, and social media has changed so much. Like, I think I made a, I had a YouTube in high school. And in high school, I really liked, uh, I had, uh, I think acne, my, the middle of my junior year. And it wasn't like necessarily bad acne. Um, but it was, it was just one of those things, like it was very painful. It was in my hairline. So that was what I was watching on YouTube in high school. Um, and I remember I made silly videos about like, I keep, I keep using the word silly, but it's not, it's sharing information. So I used to make, um, videos in high school about like tracking my skin progress and like where's all like what products am I using what products are other people using what are they doing like are they eating different things should I like incorporate that um and so right this is way before you could be on Instagram or YouTube and and make and potentially make a very good living um and so yeah so I was like kind of watching this how do people make a good living kind of YouTube Instagram thing and I was kind of like I think I, not that that's bad, like people got to make their living. Um, but I think it was just one of those things where, uh, 
in order to like get away from it, I think it was just like, I just need to be myself. And that's what I do with chill with court where I just, it is, it's like more intimate. It's silly. Um, right now. It's like, because a lot of people or more people that know me in terms of like from my master's program, I'm doing more like uh, more student stuff. Like I, I make checklists for my master's program, like, and things like that, or try to show what it's like to, to manage both your teaching full time, but you're also going to school through, um, it's called New York City Teaching Fellows. I think Boston has a similar program. Um, and so, yeah, and it's just like, I think, I, I don't, and that's why I, like I said, like, I, I wish that I could be like, oh, yeah, chill with court is so planned out. And there's a plan. And I'm so professional <laughs> and know exactly what I'm doing. But no, it's, it is, it's like, uh, it's good to see what other people say. Because actually, when people go, oh, I really liked this, because it was so real. I'm like, oh, it was okay. That's great. I'll make note that that was real. Okay, keep, keep <laughs> doing that. So even for you to go, oh, it's like these intimate moments. I'm like, oh, it is. Make more <laughs> moments because yeah it's it's more like I'm, I'm having fun I'm kind of uh oddly being escaping Courtney Tagliaferro to chill with court to be myself so that way no one can go Courtney Tagliaferro is supposed to be this way and I could just be like oh I could just be silly on the internet and like I think that's more of myself and even like I do that through teaching I find myself being myself when I'm more relaxed I'm being silly um rather than like uptight and like, oh, this is what people have to think of me. So I have to be this way. And I, I really don't do a good job doing that. Do you feel like, do you feel like your uh, like propensity for like art and creative outlet, like has made you a better educator? Huh. Some, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, in terms of Sometimes um, I notice like creative people, it's like uh, you kind of think, uh, I think I notice creative people think very differently. Um, and so sometimes that does because you can think of things outside the box. So for example, again, I'm not an earth scientist at all, but I, the earth has a shadow zone for earthquakes because of the way that uh, P and S waves uh, reflect and refract through different materials. So rock, liquid. So there's a shadow zone. And I don't know why in my head I was like, oh, so it's like a blind spot when you're driving. And so my students are in high school, so they're learning how to drive and they go. So it's like, that's your blind spot. This is an earth. So earthquakes cannot be measured here. Um, and so like it was it's just one of those things where it's like do those things like have relationships to each other like okay not really but they're similar in that sense where you can think a little I think outside they, yeah more broadly. I think they totally do I mean I think I I think you sh you'd be correct in saying that they have a relationship to one another because I feel like being someone who is creatively inclined you can use the tools to think about things in a certain way or a different way like that to help other people like to help your students learn those kind of things. Yeah. So it's like, you can, uh, you can kind of see things or like make comparisons and kind of basically you could take two puzzle pieces as creative people and you kind of take the two puzzle pieces and you try to push them together and does it work? Maybe kind of like, let me see what I can do with it. Um, so sometimes I notice that does help because you're, you're thinking way outside the box. 
Um, but sometimes it doesn't help because then is someone going to get it? And that's like a big thing of creativity that sometimes I'm really nervous for in terms of like chill with court, like, um, like, cause I'm kind of like, do I even get what I'm doing? And that's why when you say like, oh, this is what you're trying to do. I'm like, oh, you get what I'm trying to do. Let me just, <laughs> let me just take notes. And so, yeah, it's like one of those things like for, uh, for students or as a teacher, like sometimes I notice that, um, you have, you have to get down to the nitty gritty where you're just like A, B, C, D, learn A, B, C, D. Don't, don't think crazy. Just do the A, B, C, D, just follow, follow the steps. Um, and so sometimes it has to be like that. So it's, uh, and that's why, uh, as a soft science for education, and that, I think that's like the beauty of it is taking this creative side, but also you got to keep in mind that there's A, B, C, D and seeing like, okay, like how can, like, where can I be creative sometimes when do it's, it's not going to work. So just, just keep doing, uh, just follow the steps and it, it's the, it's the toolbox. It's sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So you, and your job as you get older and as someone who, um, just has more experience is going, okay, this is the tool for this problem. This is what I have to do when this happens. And it's just having those in your back pocket to go, okay, this is, this is what you got to do now versus, okay, this is what I got to do now. Yeah. I think like, I think like the creative mind lends itself to just being able to navigate those waters like so much better in a lot of ways. Um, and, uh, and I definitely feel like you're like, I don't know, the way that you bring different things together, like you, the way that you bring uh, aspects of your job as an educator and like your interest in art and stuff together in that way, just, I don't know, I, I, I just feel like it's a unique take on things. <laughs> and um, it's, it's like kind of just like a window into a part of, especially at like currently and everything that's been going on with the pandemic and, and everything that's so important. Another, like, I feel like another big part of your thing that you've been doing with the show with court is seems to have like a mental health aspect to it too. And I feel like I'm curious to know if like that has been a positive, just doing, just doing, making the content has been, you know, had a positive effect on your mental health. Uh, in a way, yes. So I did put out, so, um, I guess I noticed I don't really talk about it because I know, uh, I asked and people said, please don't talk about that. And so I said, I will not talk about that. Um, but, uh, I am like, I'm trying to get fit, trying to lose my weight that I gained from my master's and move my body and be healthy. Um, am I trying to lose weight? Yeah, that's like a personal goal of mine. But so obviously, besides losing weight, there's more to that than your health. So I I'm, I'm working on both. I want to be physically fit. I want to be mentally and mo emotionally healthy. So but I just asked, I said, Well, what, what are people interested in? And it I, I thought because um, something that I've noticed the algorithm of YouTube is pushing to me is like a lot of weight loss. Like I lost 40 pounds during quarantine. I lost 60 pounds during quarantine. And so I thought that it would be a popular answer. I thought people were like, oh yeah, I want to talk about that. Or I want you to talk about that. And that's actually like, I think the two people said both one person specifically said, oh, I want to talk about weight loss. And everybody said, no, I want to talk about mental and emotional health. And so because that was the main majority, I was kind of thinking, okay, um, 
am like I don't know if I'm qualified or good enough to talk about this and even then that's like uh something very it's very personal so in terms of um whenever I've seen and I try to do this like whenever someone gives me a topic I go like okay what are other creators doing and I noticed what other creators were doing were oh these are my five tips I um shower and I use special soap and I was like and that makes me feel so good I was like, all right, special, special soap. Um, Okay, Uh, drink a lot of water. Water is very good for you. Okay, drink water. And I just kept hearing those things. Um, And then, like you said, it's like these intimate moments. And yeah, this checklist. And I just went, but I was like, is that real? Like, okay, yes. Does showering feel good sometimes? Yes. And is there (laughs) a special soap? Yes, those things do feel good. But like, it was one of those things where it's like, I felt if I was going to talk about this, I wanted to go more in depth in terms of what I, I, I mean, I, I believe this, like, uh, in terms of like the toolbox is there are just many things to do when it comes to your mental, emotional, health, and one thing doesn't fit all. And right. so, yeah, so it was like, um, part of my mental health. Oh, I, I pick a day to relax. And this, and it's just like, that's not, um, that's like, at least for me, sometimes like, that's not necessarily, a realistic tip or I don't I don't know if that tip works all the time so can can you can I really say that can I really say that and confidently be like oh yeah I made a video about it and I told what I think is the truth um and so then and for me a lot of it is being flexible enough to say sometimes this helps and maybe it doesn't and it's really about listening to yourself and I hope like, I hope that comes across, like, whenever I try to, like, make those videos or talk about it, like, I admit how I feel. Um, but it's okay if somebody feels differently. It's okay if different things work for you and they don't work for me. That's totally fine. Um, in terms of especially, like, with my master's, um, something that has helped me was waking up at 4, 4.30. And that was, like, a thing that, you know, people go, oh, if you want to be successful, wake up early. And and so, yeah, so then all of a sudden, like, it's like the opposite for me. <laughs> exactly. But that's what I mean. So people look at that. And so but I think because w- in terms of when things get popular on social media, people, oh, waking up at 430, waking up at five o'clock as a, as a high school student, that's how to be successful. And it's kind of like, but people who don't see themselves or don't resonate with that, they shouldn't go, oh, I'm unsuccessful. That's ridiculous. So like, does that work for me? Yes. So I say that that's what I do. But if that does not work for you, don't like water off a duck's back. It's totally fine. Um, And so it's just one of those things where I'm trying to find that intimate, real spot. And another friend that I met through YouTube that that's like actually her compliment. She goes, it always feels like I'm talking to a friend. I'm not getting the just get this skincare product. And my code is down below and it'll yeah. make like yeah, and it'll subscribe, make you feel yeah. better. Yeah, like and subscribe, please. Um so <laughs> yeah, so she like uh so it's yeah, I try to do that when it comes to like this mental emotional aspect. And also in terms of with everything going on, um it is something I noticed that like uh people crave. In turn, like, and I noticed my students too, where it's like, oh, come into Google Classroom, do the assignment. Did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do it? Okay, you can leave now. Bye. Um, 
And so, or even then, like when you text them, did you do the assignment? Why are you missing the assignment? I'm reaching out. I'm going to call your mom if you don't do the assignment. And it's, um, I noticed that uh, it actually does not help people. And so like as a teacher and as just someone who wants to help people, I noticed that genuinely taking the time to go, oh, how are you? How, how are you doing? Oh, like, and asking those questions and, and being genuinely kind and interested in other people has not only, I think, strengthened my relationships with other people, but strengthened, I feel like this overall community that's around, around me, where it's like, oh, well, yeah, I have my sisters and my family. But then I think of like, um, my friends that I've made through my family, like uh, my cousins and I, we share like a few friends. And so it's like, oh, checking on them, like, how are they doing? Um, because maybe if I wasn't hanging out with my cousin, I wouldn't really talk to this person. But I do know this person, you think like, I've shared good memories with these people. So I, I should be interested to see how they're doing. Um, and yeah, it's just I think being genuinely interested in the well being of other people um, has helped my relationships and helped my mental health. And in a way, shapes the I, I don't want to give mental health and go and say something that I don't really I don't really believe I don't want to give the cookie cutter if that makes any sense yeah totally well and you said before like I don't know if I'm a you said like I don't know if I'm an expert to talk about this or like the subject of mental health and like the thing is it's like everyone is everyone is an expert to talk about their own mental health though you know what I mean so to say like what you said, like rings truer than anything is that like, there is, there is very mental health is like the one thing that there is not a solution that applies to all people. There's not a, uh, a one size fits all solution for that in any way. It's like the only thing that needs to be complete. I mean, that's why it's so difficult for people. I feel like to find, uh, to find a good therapist and be, it's not that there's tons of bad therapists out there. I mean, there, I'm sure there probably are many, but it's that, you have to find someone that matches you in the right way. You have to find uh, the therapist or the form of therapy that is the right match for you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's why like mental health is such a personal thing that it's, it's, it, you know, you think about how different people are, like people are just different. Like everybody has different ways of doing things, ways of solving problems, ways of reacting to things. So like it's, it's so much more, it makes like so much more sense that, you know, to find someone to help you with your own mental health is going to be a challenge because it's, you have to find the person that is the right match for you. But mm -hmm. when you're a content creator, I feel like you have the, the unique position of being able to say like, I'm not offering any one specific person a solution for anything. I'm just offering a perspective like a window into my life and like what works for me and what particular things might affect me in a certain way or whatever and like sure enough by by the the odds of you know uh, uh the odds of the the universe that there's gonna be other people out there that will relate to that like that will see you will think the same thing will think like oh, I get it. That works for me too. Or like, I have very similar personality traits to that. And there's, I mean, there's going to be people that see it that are like nothing like that at all, but are just like, Hey, you know, that's cool that this person's out there doing their thing, talking about, you know, how these things show up in their life. But yeah, you, you, 
inevitably are going to have uh, people out there that will see your content and, and will relate to it. And we'll be like, Oh, wow, that's, that's really cool. There's another person there that kind of feels the same way I do about certain things or like benefits from doing similar things in, in the same way. So I feel like y- you are an expert in the, in the sense that you're, you're offering a window into your own mental health and like what works for you in that sense. Oh, that's, I mean, that's interesting to put it. Yeah. It's, it's my window. And I, I hope like I try to um, like, I've noticed even for my own mental health, um, I started therapy last year and it's, it was because like my program, I was having a, a bad anxiety. Like, uh, I would wake up in the middle of the night. I would have like night sweats and I would have like work nightmares, um, of me showing up to the, oh my gosh, I had, there was like this one stupid work nightmare where they told me that it was the first day of class and they were like, uh, your class is in room 324. So I thought my room was in the, on the third floor and I was late and it was like the announcements were going, Mrs. Tagley Farrell, where are you? Your kids are waiting for you. I was like, I don't know where the room is. <laughs> and then the room 324 was on the second floor and all the at, like administrators were waiting. They're like, your kids are here and you're not here. You're late. I was like, I'm sorry. And like, I opened my bag and there were no lessons and I forgot my laptop. I was like, oh my God, I just have to wing it. And I was like freaking out of this dream. Um, and so, yeah, I was like having like, and we were remote. So I was kind of like, why am I still like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just freaking out. And I, so I started going to therapy um, and I recently stopped, but I think the biggest thing that um, my therapist taught me was she, she was good at listening and going, okay, what do you need now? And actually Joe and I were just done talking about this uh, as someone who has to wear multiple hats, like, uh, like even for Joe, is he my husband? Yes. Is he my lover? Yes. Is he my friend? Yes. Is he like, he's so many, is he his own separate person outside of me with his own desires and passions and dreams that have not like, I, I mean, I hope some of them have some like something to do with me, but maybe not all of them have everything to do with me. And to wear different hats. And we were saying we were on the couch and he's like, do you want me to comfort you or do you want a solution? And it's like, mm, what, well, what do I need? Hmm, what do I really need? Sometimes those things are different things. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, sometimes it's, um, you know, if I'm, you know, being mad because some girl said something and Joe's just like, oh, well, maybe you shouldn't talk to her. It's like, no, I don't want that. I want you to say mean things about her too. And Joe's like, oh, you want me to do that? Well, that girl's crazy. It's like, thank you. That's what I need. I need to tell like it. You know what I mean? Um, And I even say it to my mom too, like where it's like, do you want me to tell you what to do with your life? Or do you just want me to listen and just just go with it. Just and my mom's like, feel the, like, feel the feelings with you. And yeah, like, yeah. do you want me to just like be angry with you? And it's like, yeah, let's just be angry. It's like, all right, let's be angry. Let's be angry for an hour. And like, let's, we'll, we'll say how this is ridiculous. And you know what? They don't know what they're doing. And yeah, they don't know their job. All right. It's an hour later. That was great. Okay. See, you. or do you it's, really want to like, it's like, um, it's like, em- it's like empathy. It's like rage empathy sometimes, or like, or sorrow empathy or whatever like you're just feeling the emotions with somebody else is therapeutic in and of itself (laughs) and that's what I mean like that's why I think being someone who's making content putting it out there uh you never know who you're gonna reach and who's you're gonna make feel that way you know 
Mm -hmm. um, someone else who's gone through the same. I mean, I know like I can even just from you telling me about your work dreams, like I used to have the worst work dreams ever. Like you did too. I thought I was crazy. That's the thing, but you're not like, I used to go, uh, I used to have dreams about trying to do sound for like a really famous band or like a really high stakes, you know, CEO or something and screwing it all up and getting screamed at and chased out, like fired, like just all anything you could imagine that gives you stress at, at a job. Like, you know, we, everybody has those in their own way, I think. Um, and it's just fear of failing, but it's like, just know, but it's like knowing that other people have those types of feelings is therapeutic in and of itself in a lot of ways. So that's like, I feel like, you know, you watch, I've even watched like YouTube videos where people are like teaching something like photography skills or, uh, 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 how to, you know, program a smart home gadgetry or something like that. But like, they'll say little things here and there in like the way that they're talking that give you this tiny little insight into like their life, you know, and you, you pick up on like little things where you're like, oh yeah, that's that person like has their, even like you look behind like somebody, like the way they have like their space set up or something like that. And you're like, oh, like they do the same kind of thing. Like you, you just, it's like the feeling of, oh, someone else gets it on some level. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which is, I think to circle back to the way that different generations deal with uh their their societal norms and stuff like that it's like this generation that is growing up so immersed in social media uh is relating to one another through it in in just such a vastly different way than we could have even fathomed when we were you know 12 13 14 15 years old right um even like i've noticed like something uh I think like, like you said, like, I don't mind typing. Um, but I grew up with like, yeah, it's like my first, like, before you had a Gmail, I had an AIM account, and you would just sit there and go la 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 and just talk, 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 talk. Um, and I noticed that like, uh, that a lot of people don't do that really much anymore. Um, in terms of like, uh, like, especially like, for example, my sisters or my students, they're very like, I'm kind of like, La, 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 la. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. And they go, okay, thank you. Okay, sure. Okay. Yeah. Emoji. This. And I was like, oh, you're not going to talk. You're not going to talk back to me. But to them, that's, that's not the form of communication. Like, um, and a lot for, and again, it's, it's that fast thing. It's like, okay, what's the information? Okay, cool. All right. Boom. So if they, if you don't have to talk to me, like if you don't have to talk, talk, talk to me, I don't have to talk. I don't have to type a lot. Or I don't have to say a lot. And so, yeah, it's, it's that um, interesting aspect of, like, how are people, like, how is it manifesting in other forms? And, yeah, like, uh, I, and I find that, like, creating content is a fun way to to open up that window to other people, like, for in terms of myself. But I, I like watching through the window, too, and going, like, oh, what are, what are you doing? I'm like, oh. Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay. And then, and thinking, okay, like, let me try that too. Or like, how do I interpret it? Like maybe some things I'm not going to get, but some things I think are like transcend and are funny over time, like to other people, like through no matter what age you are or where you are, or where you're from. Totally. It's like mutually beneficial in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I want to just thank you so much for, <laughs> 
sitting down and chatting with me. It's been super nice to catch up with you. And it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I'm really excited about uh, putting this part of the show out on YouTube and having the visual aspect of it is something new that I'm going to be trying out. So um, Yay, congratulations on our, uh, our being my second inaugural guest. And um, I wish you the best in all of your endeavors and everything that you have going on. Um, for those who are curious to check it out, uh, the Instagram account is chill with court at chill with court. Uh, your uh, regular handle. I, I can share that as well. Yes. Is that cool? Yeah. Your, the regular handle is, um, at Courtney tag Courtney Taglaferro, all yep. one, all one word. And, one uh, word. and the, uh, the YouTube account is also chill with court. Um, you can check her out. She's, uh, sharing tips and tricks on mental health, uh, thoughts throughout the day, thoughts on being an educator and an artist and, uh, art in all, all forms. So check her out. And uh, thank you guys so much for, for listening. Thank you, Jeff. And thank you, everybody. <laughs>